This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Still to come on the awesome morning show and very shortly talking with Rennie Pearson who is a wonderful musician. He's got a couple of performances coming up uh, at Dunedin Fringe. Yeah, that's not far away. Just 10 days away from start now for the Fringe, 17th to 27th of March. Uh, events coming and going a little bit for the Fringe, but um, sounds like Rennie's still on. We'll talk to him in a moment. Uh, taking us there, one of Rennie Pearson's own tracks. Let's take a listen to Rennie now, and we'll talk with him in a moment. <laughs> Shavers you had it see were spearing eels in the month of April, starving slaves on scattery. It's a 
dying day I do declare For when I'm drinking I'm seldom thinking How I could win that young lady When first I went to Caledonia, I got loading at number three, and I got boarding at all of Norman's. He had a daughter who could drink good tea. The music of Rennie Pearson. Rennie Pearson's got a couple of performances coming up as part of Dunedin Fringe Festival for 2022. And Rennie joins us on the line now. Morena, good to have you with us. Morning, Jeff. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fantastic song we've just listened to. Tell us about it. So uh, that's an old song from Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. Uh, and I... Uh, I, I, I lived and, and studied over in uh, Nova Scotia for a year as the apprentice to a, a wooden flute player, and it's got a very special connection with um, Scotland. Uh, during the Highland clearances, which happened from around 1750 to 1850, about two-thirds of the Highland population were um, were pushed out of their, of their homes, mostly the, the peasant class um, Highland Scottish um, people and they went many places around the world but the place that most of them went to due to the passage being uh, cheaper was um, the the east coast of Canada and particularly into Cape Breton Island and so they've got a really really strong tradition of um, Highland Scottish culture up there. It's actually much stronger over there than it is in Highland Scotland at the moment um, with with Gaelic speaking, the tunes, as you can hear, the songs, the, the stories, all that kind of stuff. So that particular song is is a um, talks about a young man who's uh, come presumably from Scotland to go to go and work in the in the coal mines, um, a coal mine that was called Caledonia, um, which is also the old name for Scotland uh, in Glace Bay on Cape Breton Island. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty cool song, and it's a bit of a um, a cool one for me because when I went over there, the, the young man in the song we don't know his name, um, he went and got lodging with a guy called Donald Norman, and when I went to live over in the east coast of Canada near Cape Breton Island, I got lodging with a guy called Chris Norman while I was over there. Um, not that I was working in the coal mines, mind you. <laughs> always so much to learn uh, from this form of music and and uh, do you is it incumbent on you when you're going and you're picking up songs in this way to to know and understand the backstory it's hugely important yeah it's it's absolutely so important um, and to be able to um, talk a bit about it as well I think is what it's the it's the doorway into the world of of that song and and the world that the song comes from. Otherwise, if it's taken too far out of context, then it doesn't have the same the same meaning. So the 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 stories and history behind it all uh, is kind of what what lets people in, I, I think, and it's what lets me in as well. 
some traditional songs sort of circulate around where a little, you might hear one part of a story about its origins here and then pick up another version of it, maybe with different verses, maybe completely different lyrics, but some common little thread that's made its way around the world. It must be fascinating just to see the evolution of even just particular traditional numbers. That is so true, um, Jeff. Yeah, there's actually quite a lot of songs that are like that. And often there's also uh, kind of somewhat generic verses that are used within um, lots of different songs, even when the story is different. Um, there's a few, even in, in that particular song, I lay my head to a cask of brandy. Um, that, that verse there, that, that crops up in, uh, in lots of different, different songs. And I'd say what, what a lot of that is, is um, as, as the songs get passed down through many, many generations, people kind of add they get added to they get changed they get twisted but that's all part of the of the thing once they enter the tradition they are a life form of their own and they're no longer just just something that one person made up um which is which is quite special i think in its own way even though i'm sure that that version that's been that we now have now, and even within that song, there probably are different versions. But even that version, you know, it's probably doesn't sound the same as as how whoever originally um, came up with it would have sung it. You picked up um, your interest in music early, um, not uncommonly. Uh, you've had parents who whose music collection was filled with traditional music of Ireland and Scotland, and you picked up um, the flute at an early age. Um, I'm interested to, and it might be difficult to recall, but as an eight-year-old or even younger when you when you first started hearing this music, um, were the stories, you know, what roped you in? Were you, able, were you an imaginative child? Were you able to bring these pictures into your mind? Uh, that is a really interesting question, yes, and the answer is no. Um, I was not interested in the stories at the age of eight. I was simply interested in the music. And it was actually the the driving rhythms and the soaring melodies that really captured me. And I I loved the the those um the rhythms, the dance rhythms were what really grabbed a hold of me at that at that age and, and made me think, you know, oh, I just have to be able to do it. I like I, I loved to um stamp my foot and I'd love to get up and jump around. It would it would just make me um full of so much energy hearing these um the the tunes. So actually it was particularly the tunes for the first pretty much the first kind of seven or eight years of my life that I was pretty much interested in. And it wasn't until I kind of got a little bit older and started to have a bit more interest in the history and the, the storytelling. Uh, and then I started getting really into the songs as well and seeing how those fit into the tradition as well and kind of getting a bit more of a um, of a whole picture rather than before I was very focused in on, like, I like to play um, especially faster dance music like jigs and reels and, and those type of things was what I was really, really um, interested by. <laughs> I imagine too that uh, as you uh, went through adolescence and beyond, the opportunity to mix and mingle with more players, to travel a little bit 
further to stay up a bit later around campfires and, and share those stories would have would have helped with that uh, more kind of immersive understanding of the tradition. That's that's definitely true, but um, a lot of the music that gets played was especially um, when I was kind of learning. I was learning a lot of traditional Irish music and a lot of that takes place in, in gatherings called sessions, which are usually at the pub. Um, and sessions can be quite mixed and have uh, a mixture between stories and, and songs and tunes, but also they do have a tendency to become very focused in on just playing tunes. Um, so like many things, it's easy to surround yourself in a world of exactly what you like. Um, so at a younger age, I would say that um, I was definitely surrounding myself in a world that contained mostly only tunes. And it wasn't until I consciously decided that I wanted to expand that, that that kind of started to to happen. Not that I didn't have songs around me and um and storytelling around me before but i just didn't kind of reach out to it as much as i do now you've mentioned travel as being part of that gosh it must be must have been so difficult uh, over the past couple of years to uh, to to foster all of the things that you normally would to keep your yourself active and immersed in music how have you gone in the last couple of years Interestingly, Jeff, I've been going great. It's it's been I've been very very lucky, and I, I think we all have here. We, we've 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 had it a bit, but um, I've been I've been really really lucky, and I've been able to travel around New Zealand and perform a lot over these last couple of years. I've done three or four. I think I've done like five different tours over the the last couple of years, and. Uh, you know, lots of gigs in between those as well. I've been teaching around the country a bit as as has been able, but I've just had really lucky timing in terms of like um, when the when the lockdowns have come, it's been while while I've had a bit of a break. Uh, I've only had to cancel a few gigs, um, so it's been it's been pretty good, and and I, I'm sure that 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 couldn't be said. For everyone, but part of it also comes from the fact that yeah, I have been mostly performing uh, as a solo show, and that means that the the venue sizes don't need to be too large. So I can I can do stuff with reduced capacities. I can I can do stuff without too many overheads. So there's not so much risk involved uh, in terms of setting up setting up shows. I can. I can kind of just go for it and then hope for the best. But if it does get cancelled, it's not its not like I'm going to be ruined by it. Well, as we speak, you're all on for the 22nd and 23rd of this month as part of Dunedin Fringe. Tell us about the approach you're taking to these performances. What can we expect? So one of the things that, that I think is really important for sharing traditional music is, again, like what we've talked about before, um, is to open the door into the world via the storytelling. So rather than just kind of get up there and sing a bunch of songs, play a bunch of tunes, which is great as well, of course, but um, I think it's really important to incorporate those in a, into an actual show that, that has a direction, that has um, 
you know, it has to be entertaining. So there's got to, it's got to be funny, and it's got to, but it's also got to be, it's got to be interesting in an educational sense. Like I do actually want people to find something out about the music that I love, and I suppose for me, a big part of why I like to perform is I want to share why I am so excited about this music. I want to share that with other people so they can either feel as excited about it as I am or at least sort of see like, okay, I see why that's so fascinating now or so um, why those melodies are so great and how they how they can move you or make your, your body move or um, all those kind of things. So I want, to, I want to share the way that I feel about it and, and try and make that come across to the audience via a, a show that's, that's sort of structured uh, in a thought-out way. You are a multi-instrumentalist. I, I imagine you'll be uh, hopping from instrument to instrument as well? Absolutely. And that's, that's definitely one of the other little key, key things in terms of, a, of, a, of an act that just involves one person um, is to yeah, keep the variation going. Um, and yes, I'll be doing quite a few different things. I mean, my main, my absolute main instrument is definitely the wooden flute, but I'd say that the, the guitar and, and singing is definitely a close second now. Um, so those are sort of two of the main, the main combos, as well as uh, various tin whistles. I'll be playing a bit of fiddle and a bit of um, bolron, the Irish frame drum as well. So yeah, I like to keep it keep it varied because it's different it's different timbres on the instrument different sounds and each instrument has something special that it that it can offer as well what's the venue for your performances on the 22nd and 23rd Rennie what was that sorry the venue is oh the venue is the Playhouse Theatre on Albany Street lovely little little theatre there and that's, uh, of course, under the red setting as all of the Fringe Festival events that are proceeding are. You're taking care to make sure that people can attend safely. Yeah, so we're, we're limited to 60. There's two shows and they're both limited to 60 people. So it's definitely one that, um, I mean, that's pretty much true for everything at the moment, but it's definitely one that, you know, you've got to get tickets beforehand. Um, the old uh, rock up at the door thing. Uh, you sometimes you get lucky, but these days it, it's it's much harder because um, yeah the capacities are are so limited. I think it's pretty much been cut cut in half because it's normally a hundred and twenty seater. Um, but that'll be cool. Uh, Sixty people still a good a good number for a for a nice intimate show. Hop online to dunedinfringe.nz and book your tickets for Rennie Pierce and traditional Celtic music. We've uh, touched on a little of what you can expect at these two fantastic shows. Uh, what uh, wonderful evenings they're going to be. Rennie, we're going to go out with another track from you now. This is called The Lonely Cabin. Tell us about this one. So, um, Actually, I'll just mention one more thing, Jeff, if that's okay. Yes. Um, I've also got one more show coming up in Palmerston, uh, in East Otago. And that's on the 19th. So if anyone is outside of Dunedin, out towards that way, I'm going to be playing in Clark Hall on the 19th of March at 7.30, and tickets are available on my website, reniepearsonmusic.com. Brilliant. So um, I will just... Uh, that that last the, the last track that you're about to play now um, is called the Lonely Cabin, and that's actually one of my own 
um, songs. So during the, the show, I play mostly traditional material, but sometimes I do like to work in one, a couple, either a couple of my own tunes or my own songs, because this is sort of how I'm carrying the tradition forward. And um, this is a, a song that was inspired by the Bushmen of Golden Bay or Kaharangi National Park up that way in particular. And it, it's, it's inspired by the story of Henry and Anne Chafee, who ran away from their lives uh, in, in town and uh, went to live up in a cottage in the bush called Asbestos Cottage. And I went and um, stayed in Asbestos Cottage when I was quite young, uh, and I've been back there many times. It's uh, a beautiful hike out, um, and just it's just an amazing place, uh, completely out of out of touch from uh, the rest of the of the world. And um, it's just way up there in the mountains. Well in the hills and in the bush and Henry Chafee used to make the long trip by horse to town every uh, every couple of weeks probably um, to get supplies and would get um, blind drunk apparently and his horse would carry him home while he was fast asleep. <laughs> Yet another fantastic story. Let's take a listen. Uh, Rennie Pearson with The Lonely Cabin. Rennie, thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on ORFM. All the very best for these upcoming performances and indeed uh, for the rest of your year as well. Hope we can catch up again soon. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's been great. Everything still It sang to the belly Played to the trees Away from the town Full of money and greed Treacherous ledges and uneven crown And drink himself out till the night it grew Then he'd climb on his horse and ride into the cold One night when the frost was well set in the ground Climbed on his horse, for home he was bound First the horse stumbled and then they both fell 
Rennie Pearson with uh, The Lonely Cabin. And uh, you can find out more about Rennie Pearson, his music, his upcoming performances from his website, rennypearsonmusic.com. Uh, Rennie is R-E-N-N-I-E, Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, rennypearsonmusic.com. Everything you need to know about Rennie there. Great to catch up with him uh, here on the Awesome Morning Show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.